What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Know what it is now it's the biscayne breakdown i'm k and today yeah we may be without dean but we do have enough here we're like spo we have enough um introducing on the biscayne breakdown this episode we have the capitan the captain the man that makes sure that the bills are paid and that we have funding his bird may show up at some point but until he does let's introduce and welcome joel to the show Appreciate it, Joel. And of course, of course, with the like huge, huge assist, um, showing up in a major way, being ready, um, having his situation decked out, soda pop on deck so he has the <laughs> energy to give us all he got. We got Nick in the building. Say hello, Nick. What's going on? Not much, man. Always glad to have you. Always glad to talk some heat ball. The season's about to kick off, well, tip off. Um, I know football is in, you know, full swing, so forgive the analogy the pun the slip there but um we got a couple of interesting things to talk about let's get right to it i'm sure you guys participate in social media that special part of twitter that we like to call heat twitter right yep absolutely absolutely have you guys been so fortunate enough to see um i wouldn't call it an exchange i wouldn't call it an interaction um let's just say the scenario um, between Greg Sylvander of Five Reasons Sports and Kyle Lowry. Yes, uh, I saw that. <laughs> yep. Oh, oh, okay. Um, so just to give brevity, and y'all, you know, correct me where I'm wrong. Um, you know, Sylvander has had his opinions about Kyle Lowry. You know, no opinion on the opinions, be they right or wrong. Um, and you know, it kind of culminated. Um, I would almost say the other day at media day. Um, where, you know, I could read the tweet verbatim, but we won't do that. He basically just said that Kyle Lowry, you know, didn't speak, um, you know, noted his salary, um, just kind of noted or gave the vibe that he was pointing towards the look that emanated from, you know, the way he seemed to carry himself at the media day. Um, And he closed the tweet by, you know, saying, please trade him, basically. I mean, it was, you know. One of those, uh, this is how I feel about it. This is what's bad. This is what's bad. Get him gone. Get him out of here. That was the sentiment. Am I tripping? No, yeah, that's what he, yeah, that's about what he said. It's it's the concern when you just see someone like not talking at all to the media, you know, because it makes you think like, why would they not want to, especially when they were involved in major trade rumors. So, I mean, you have a point. I'm, I'm, I'm just making sure. And again, no opinion on the opinions that he had of Cal Laurie or anything like that. And that's why I want to make sure that that's clear. I was just making sure I had the story right before we really get into um, the meat, so to speak, of what, what I brought that up for. So it's like Calorie blocked him, basically. Right. That's the latest update, right? Yeah. But with that, um, that attitude that you see from Calorie, there are also reports out there, um, and you look at various media members who are, you know, in tap, in tune with the heat, um, you know what I mean? And they're reporting that Calorie not only – intends to be an integral part of what the Miami Heat have going on. But the word is, is that Cal Laurie intends and wants to start for this Miami Heat team. Um, So, I mean, I guess the first major question is, do you all think that Cal Laurie is the starter 
for this Miami Heat team? Should he be the starter for this Miami Heat team? If he is, in your opinion, why so? And if not, what's his role? You can go ahead first, Joel. I, I like the eye roll. That that comes with a lot of energy. I I really dig that. I mean, <laughs> let me tell y'all this. I personally prefer him better coming off the bench. I felt like some of his best moments last year um came when he we had him as our backup point guard. I would prefer him for him to stay like that. The issue is, is right now we're kind of in a weird situation because right now you have this scenario where Gabe is gone. You know, we're not exactly stacked at the point guard position. And I don't know, there's obviously the idea of starting Tyler. I'm at the one. And personally, it's like, I, I've never been a fan of it, you know, because I just feel like that's not his natural position. And personally, I would prefer him starting at the two. So it's like, if I want him to start at the two, somebody, somebody's obviously going to have to start at the one. Who is it? And the thing is, I don't even want Kyle to start at the one because, like I said, I'm better off with him, you know, coming off the bench and everything. So it's kind of like a sticky situation for me personally. But I just feel like it's better. Like, if you want to come out with the lineup of Tyler Hero, Josh Richardson um, as your um, starting um, backcourt, I personally wouldn't have a problem with it. Like I said, I'm a little iffy about Tyler being the um, starting point guard for this team, but I think I could work with that. Hasn't, hasn't Jay Rich operated as a lead guard before um, with the Miami Heat? Not cutting you off, but just asking. I believe so. I believe he did. Yeah. So if you could have that, I personally would be more comfortable with that compared to having um, Kyle start be our starter. That and then also the fact that Tyler has the, um, what's where I'm looking for? He is most likely to stay with this team for this whole season. And that's not the case with Kyle. I don't know what the hell is going to happen with him. I wouldn't be surprised if he's traded at the deadline, which is why I just don't want him to be our starting point guard because that's such an important role to give someone that's probably not even going to be on the team for the whole year, you know? So You're looking at chemistry there, right? I get what you're saying. Yeah, It's just funny. I'm sorry I laughed. Um, not that that situation in itself is funny. It's funny you was like, um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but yeah, about somebody that's going to be on the team the entire year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Joe, I, I think we get what you're saying. Yeah. I get it. I get it. How you feel about it, Nick? Is is is, is he the starter? Um, No. No. But, I mean, I understand why Kyle says that. I mean, he's a competitor, and he is technically really, besides Drew Smith, the only – rostered point guard at this time but i agree with joel where i'd rather have jay rich and tyler do a point guard by committee than put kyle into those high usage minutes again because i mean he's what 30 gonna be 37 this season and he ain't brawn <laughs> he, he he a 37 year old that is slowing down and he's much better when we can play him for 20 to 25 spot minutes and let him be a spark plug if he's gonna stay around for a while which i mean i agree with joel if if he's not gone soon he'll be gone by the deadline yeah, they got a. You'd yeah, hope. I, I mean, was, that that's such a a good value contract to get nothing out of. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you guys, I'm sure you see me looking off here to the side a lot. I'm looking at the roster, just trying to make sense of it. Um, I mean, yeah, not a yeah. lot of guard play. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> barring a Brogdon or Harden trade, um, the guard but, position is going to be thin. But you know, I expect them to make something happen. Um, you know, let, let's let's since we all pretty much, I would say I agree with y'all. Um, if you have to start him, it isn't a permanent sense. plan. Yeah. Um, but it does make sense if you have to go there earlier. But you but you go into it knowing that that's probably not going to be where you're going to be for the entirety of the season because that's just not conducive to where you want to go. He's probably more effective off of the bench for you if he is around for the entirety. But as you alluded to, and as you brought back up, Nick, um, as you alluded to, Joel, and as you also touched on, Nick, he's probably not going to be there for the entirety of the season, or you just think um, with the way that things have worked out that he's not going to be there. So um, Mm -hmm. it's probably a situation where you're darned if you do, darned if you don't. Now, that takes me here. I heard a lot of, you know, situations and scenarios mentioned when it came to that point guard. Um, and I love segues because I love stories. So 
word is Nikola Jovic was actually pushed to play national team ball by Coach Spo. So when you're looking at just needing ball handling, who's if because if you put Jay Rich and Tyler out there, like I said, notice even the phrasing when I mentioned it to you, Joel. Um, when I asked the question to to both of you guys, hasn't Jay Rich operated as a lead guard? Um, sometimes you just put a lot of guys out there who can initiate your offense because we've seen at times, of course, where Bam has initiated the offense, and it just always seems like no matter who's on the floor, a point guard, a combo guard, no guards, Jimmy Butler has this time at initiating the offense. So there's that situation as well. Um, let me ask you guys that first. Do you all see a situation where Nikola Jovic could maybe initiate some of the offense? I can definitely see it, especially with those bench units. If I mean, with how thin they are, because I don't think Jaime is really going to be an initiator. He's going to play like a young Jimmy, if anything. And I saw um, that off top. Exactly yeah. what I saw, too. Go ahead. But yeah, I can see Nicole doing that. I think they're going to use him a lot more this year. I mean, it goes with the national ball. He's more seasons now. He's got the confidence going. He's he's huge now, quite frankly. The kid is massive now. And then uh, there was a quote by Jimmy I saw yesterday at um, the first day of training camp where he said, Nicola's walking around with his chest in the air, and we think he's going to play a good role for us this year. So I think he's got some some uncanned Jimmy Butler uh, confidence rubbed up off him. And, I mean, I'm ready for – that's the one, like – um, light at the end of the tunnel that the Dame stuff didn't work out because I think Nicola will be good. So we'll just absolutely, we'll absolutely. Now hang on to that and yep. continue continue percolating on Nicola because I'm gonna come back to you with a follow up question and 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 I say that because you almost got there. I thought I was gonna have to stop you, but I'm glad you <laughs> did. Um, all right, Joe. Do do you think that one there's a role because because Nick went ahead and answered that second part of the question, which is beautiful. No problem. Absolutely amazing. Love it when it happens like that. So do you think that, I guess, one, let's ask it to you in chronological reverse order than, than the way I asked Nick. Do you think there's a role for Jovic? And then secondly, do you think he could operate in that position to initiate, you know, some of the offense and be the primary ball handler? And a good point you brought up, Nick, for that second unit. Oh, for sure. Like, for, first off, I mean, one thing people say is the fact that we're kind of low on height right now. You know, when you look at the big guys that we got out there. So, I mean, what's his listed height as of right now? Is he still, like, around? I'll find out. Like, I mean, let me see. I can check it out. And you know what? I will fight. I don't know if we – that's another That's another topic, too. I'm not going to let you step on the toes like that, Joe. We'll get there. <laughs> um, if you're looking at Nikola Jovic's listed height, is 6'10", mm. as of now. Wow. 6'10", so 209. Wow, so I think that's, like, an inch taller than them. So kind of crazy to think about. And, like, you know, I think when you can have a big guy out there to go out there and do his thing, you know, I mean, that's something you couldn't ask more for. And then also, as you guys mentioned, the idea of being that facilitator for the Heat. I mean, I'm all for it. I kind of want to see so much what he's capable of doing because, you know, this is a guy that played against older people, you know, before he came into the league, you know. Since he's so, like probably 14, 15 years old, he's playing against grown men probably. Yeah, so to get thrown into the fire like that and then here you go, like you come into the, um, what do you call it, the World Cup and you're playing against other older people and you find yourself all the way into the championship game Cooking. You know, growing up Cooking. for that World Cup. And, you know, even though he didn't win it, you know, to go up there and be so close at it, that's just such an amazing thing. And the dude just graduated high school, too. So there's enough time for him to grow and develop. And that's just the most exciting thing about it. And you just see the way how Heat fans feel about him. And it's kind of the way how I do, too, because... And there was a point where people had to come out and say, like, we understand what y'all see in Jovic, but y'all got to understand, like, it's Damian freaking Lillard. You know, like, if they ask for De um, Jovic, you're going to give him up for a guy like Dame. And now, unfortunately, you know, everything happened the way I did. But the blessing is, and you said it yourself, Nick, is the fact that we get to keep Jovic, you know. And I'm honestly very interested in seeing what this dude has in store and I think he could do a lot for this team. You know, I think he, you know, the limit, I, I think the role, how, how, what's that saying? Like, I think the road is endless for him. I don't know the exact saying for that, but 
I feel like he's going to be a Sky's big the limit, potential yeah, endless, <laughs> all that. Sky, yeah, sky is the limit, you know? So I just want to see him go out there, do his thing. I feel like if the Heat continue to develop him right, then he's going to end up being a really key um figure for the Heat. And who knows? Maybe he'll be the next guy to average 20-something points on the Celtics in the um, playoffs. Why not? <laughs> Like, you scared me, but I get what you're saying now. When you said on the Celtics, I was like, wait a minute, you mean for the – oh, you mean against the Celtics. The I next Caleb. Like, the next Caleb. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, hold on, dog. You know, the Eastern Conference Finals MVP, or at least the runner-up, you know. I got nah, you. I got nah, you. I got Caleb, you. Caleb should have won that. So, so, okay, with that being said, Joe, you answer this one for me first since you, since you already, you know, chomping on the whole Nicola situation. What do you see for him this year, like, Give me some numbers. Like, what? What do you think? Like, what? What? What is his role? Like, at, at, let's not go at Pete. Mm-hmm. If he reaches eighty-five percent of his potential, what does his year look like? And and get ready to answer the same question, Nick. I'm gonna say because I do. I don't want to get my hopes up too much. I feel like eight to nine points a game is like at least the fairest I could go with it. You know, I feel like anything above that might be too much. At least for now. If he can go above that, I mean, God bless him, of course. But I think somewhere around that would be good for him. And as long as my brother, my brother is getting more minutes than last year, I mean, that's all that matters to me. Because you know, obviously, last year the Heat was focused more on him being in the G League and stuff like that. But I think this year it's not going to be a surprise when we see him actually step on the floor. You know, I think we're going to see him a lot more throughout this season and. I just want to see that man cook because, like I said before, I know he's capable of a lot, and I know there is a role for him on this team. So, you know, bring him off the bench and let's see that man cook because, like I said before, this is a guy that was out here cooking grown men with families and everything. So I want to see that guy that I was seeing the highlights for, you know, when he first got drafted, the guy that went and cooked grown men in the middle of the World Cup. I want to see that guy step onto the floor. And obviously people will say, oh, well, you know, the NBA is different than, you know, all these other places, but I don't care, man. I want to see him go out there and do his thing. And the thing that's, and I know some people try not to get their hopes up with these um, guys that we bring in because every time we bring in like a young player, it seems like we hype them up, but then things might backfire. I mean, everybody was calling on Casey Akpala, like, baby honest and stuff and obviously i've seen how that worked out like that man hasn't even been on a team yet you know but blessings out to kz you know that's always going to be a huge legend right there um but you got guys like him and then some other players here and there so i just hope i, I i'm really thinking that the hype is real for nicola you know especially because his last name sounds so much similar to um nicola Jokic. So I'm riding with that too. It's only God's grace that he had a name similar to him. <laughs> and with that being said, man, I'm just trying to hope that he can go out there and do his thing. And like I said, eight to nine points. That's what I want. Like if he can go above that, you know. Right, give me some is- rebounds and assists. Give me some rebounds and assists. So we get we'll go eight points. How many boards? How many assists? Okay, so I'm gonna say for assist wise, I'm gonna say he could average around. I don't know if this might be a big number. I would say four to five assists, depending on the minutes he gets. So I would say four to five assists on um, per game, and then rebound wise, let's see. I'm gonna say because I feel like he could average a double double if he wants. But like I said, I, I don't know how much it's gonna work for him in this first season where he's getting like legit minutes. So I'm gonna say. I'm, I'm going to say he'll average around like 8.7 rebounds a game just to play it safe. And then four or five assists a game, too. That would that be amazing. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I know. I feel like I'm hyping him up too much. No, I don't, I don't disagree. I just think that sometimes over the course of a season, you know, we're going to look and there are going to be some games. We'll be like, dog, you only got two rebounds. Yeah. So, for me, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For me, I'm looking at it like you. Um, eight or nine points. So I'll go about eight. I'll go about eight points. I think he'll average about five rebounds and probably about three assists. Eight, okay. five, and three. Fair enough. What you got, Nick? I had I had ten, five, and three in my head the whole time. So really, right. yeah. See, I, I think mean, and 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 you know what though? And I'm gonna let you get that out, Nick. I want to hear it. We want to hear it. Believe me. But our numbers are so close. Like yeah, Joe's that. numbers are so close to mine, which is so close to yours that it kind of makes sense. Love it when that happens. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking, I mean, just 10, 5, and 3. I think 
it just depends on how they use him because I can see a world where by the end of the season, Jovic is the starting power forward next to Bam because of any, everyone on our roster, he makes, as long as his progression actually happens, he makes the most sense next to Bam. He gives Bam more Logic. height. He can sit in the corner. He can facilitate and not have Bam just trapped in the middle of the floor the whole game. And Bam can play the dunker spot a little more. And it, But it just depends if he can get there and make the and winning plays. That- and and to touch on that, Nick, with that, with the improving midi touch, like you said, the dunker spot, which we used to call the baseline, kids. Um, <laughs> you know, yo, hey, I'm just saying, like it's you know, what I mean, I see, I see the vision, Nick. I see the vision. Um, you brought up something earlier, Joel. You 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 brought up thinness at the big man spot, and you bring up the perfect, just logical fit of Jovic beside Bam in that lineup if his progression continues as yeah. it should. Um, and with both of those things existing, you know, I think it existing simultaneously, um, I think there is a little truth to what you say, Joe. But if you look at it, the Miami Heat have Thomas Bryan. They still got Big O. Yeah. Now, we don't know what he's going to do, but they also have, you know, is it Cheek or Chic Diallo? And he isn't, you know, the prospect that many people might have thought he was, but what he is still is a long, rangy athlete who wants to defend. And if anybody or any team can absolutely maximize that for pennies on the dollar, it's the Miami Heat. So I would argue that coming into this season, they have more functional and useful depth at the big man position than they probably had in the last two or three years. I mean, because right. I don't have to hear anybody, you know, try to poo poo on me for saying, well, what else do we got besides Dwayne? Right. Because, like, for me, it's like, and don't get me wrong, like, we do have a good center rotation. Like, the way how I look at it is, you know, how are we going to do against the bigs of some of these other teams, you know, because, you know, absolutely. I- I can't help but, like, reflect on how our depth went last season after everything that went down, you know, to finally, you know, go to the finals and face the Nuggets team where, you know, we just couldn't have the answers to. I mean, Jovic, I mean, the dude's a unicorn. There's nothing you can do about him. But, you know, Aaron Gordon, I mean, we had that man looking like prime Shaq, you know. So, like, for me, it's just about what can we do, you know, where when we can go into these games where – we just don't have certain set, certain guys, like certain um, tall guys for these teams here and there, you know, go out and have these monster games. Because obviously we don't have Bam to guard, um, you know, multiple players at once, you know. So, like, I just don't want a guy to go out there who's like, you know, God forbid, 6'10", 6'11", or 7' foot tall. And, like, they're out there dropping, like, 15 on us because we don't have another guy out there that can stop him because – we got Bam guarding, you know, the team's best um, scorer, whoever, you know. So that's just the thing for me. I just don't want another Aaron Gordon situation because, I mean, listen, Aaron Gordon's a good player, but seeing him do what he did against the Heat pissed me off because, <laughs> like, okay, like, I get it. He is good, don't get me wrong, but he's not that good to the point where you got him looking like, like I said, prime Shaq, you know, like, that was just the thing that haunted me throughout the summer, that we let a guy like him do that type of thing against us. So, you know, that's just the thing I look at. So, like I, like I said, um, I feel like our center rotation, like, it does look solid because I do like the idea of having Bam, Thomas, um, Thomas Bryant, and Orlando Robinson there. But I, I can't help but be concerned, you know, like, how are we going to do when we go against these other bigs in the league? Because, like I said, I just don't want another Aaron Gordon situation, you know? Absolutely. And I understand that completely, man. And before you touch on that, Nick, if you, I'm sure you want to get a couple words on that. We want to hear that. Um, I will also argue that, look, iron sharp is iron. And, yeah, that's a cliche. But in this situation, it applies because, for me, not only, I mean, of course, back to Diallo, who was a name I mentioned. We don't know if he's going to make the squad. Outside of him, if you look at Jovic, if you look at Orlando Robinson, if you look at Thomas Bryant, they're mm-hmm. all guys who could not only play beside Bam Adebayo because of their ability to hit the outside shot somewhere. Yeah, Orlando Robinson more at the top of the key, but Thomas Bryant has shown to be able to hit the three from the corner or the top of the key. 
Jovic can shoot the three from anywhere. They're not only guys who can give you minutes beside Bam, but if you need them to give you a couple of minutes at that five spot, they're also capable of doing that to give Bam a blow and playing beside one another, which is something else that I think goes in to helping the whole rotation, helping the whole concoction, helping it all reinforce itself. It's not one guy, then this guy, then that guy dictating the strength of the depth as much as, yeah, you have your top end, which is bam, but then your versatility and your overall size of that versatility. Because, I mean, to go back to it, um, I want to go back to uh, that, you know, the size of the players in question here. Sorry about that, guys. To go back to it, if you look at the guys that are playing there, Lando Robinson checks in at seven seven feet. Thomas Bryant checks in at 6'10". Of course, we noted that um, Jovis checked in at 6'10". Um, so, you know, just looking at those guys, you know, not quite seven foot, but big enough to be able to hold their own and get some things done from a rim protection, easy buckets perspective um, for this Miami Heat team. What you got on that whole situation, Nick? I think the center rotation is definitely better than, you know, 80% of the season having Dwayne Dedman and 20% of the season having Cody Zeller. I think that's gonna having Thomas Bryant play. What up, I forgot about Cozy. <laughs> <laughs> Misery. I think I think Thomas is gonna be because I for the last like two seasons basically Bam checks it out of the game and you watch Dwayne Dedman walk in and then we're like oh we're free from Dwayne Dedman and then I I would have rather had Dwayne Dedman than Cody Zeller. I don't know what kind of blackmail he had on Spo still to this day that he played so much in the finals, but Orlando should have been playing. But it's going to be a little refreshing knowing that when Bam's off the floor, we're not just screwed at the center position because Cody Zeller's in his little mask ass is walking in. Well, fair enough, man. You don't have to keep kicking me. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, to add on to what Nick was saying, you know, like, we talked about this in the past, Kate. You know, like, they, I think one of the issues is for the Heat is the fact that we have a top three center in the league. And, you know, when you have, like, a guy to hop in for Bam, you know, that backup big, you know, there's always going to be that fall off between having a guy like Bam on the floor and then having someone else on the floor for us, whoever that backup center is, whether if it is a guy like, you know, a Thomas Bryant or an Orlando Robinson. So, But I also get not one to get completely and totally mauled yeah. in that period as well. I get it. I get it. Yeah, so it's like all I can just ask for from Thomas Bryant is like obviously you're not Bam. All we just ask for is that the fall off isn't that noticeable, you know, when you're on the floor compared to how it was, you know, for when a guy like a Dwayne Dedman or a Cody Zeller is on the floor, you know, because there was times. I mean, listen, game five of the finals. I mean, Cody Zeller, fourth quarter, he could have came in, you know, try to do something, but like Everything kind of went a little wrong in that um, one or two minutes he was in the game. Spo had to call a timeout and said, Bam, you got to come back in before Cody comes in and, you know, sends us to Cancun. And even though so, we did Joe, Cancun, when you're saying something insulting, just because you do delicate hands <laughs> and delicate mannerisms, <laughs> it still makes it no less insulting. Like, I'm still insulted just because, you know, you're giving me the don't be insulted vibes. I mean... I just but gotta, go ahead, just again, you yeah. just, just keep on, just you know, boot yeah. to the face. I mean, yeah, go I mean, ahead. as I mean, long as content. yeah, like as long as Thomas Bryant does not, you know, come in and be that much of a fall off compared to a guy like a Dwayne Dedman or like a Cody Zeller, where you got people tweeting the second they see him at the scores table, being like, "I might end my life," you know, before this man sits on the bench. <laughs> yeah. You know, if he can just go out there and you know make it at a point where people don't have to question like what their mental health state is like, I think then it's gonna I be just, fine. You know? I just need five points and six rebounds a game out of out of good old Tom, and I'm happy. I'm content. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's I think that's feasible, man. I think that big man rotation is definitely gonna be something. Um, you know that gives us something that we haven't had consistently over the last couple of seasons. And that's why I said that. That's why I brought that whole point up. Um, when you look at it from a complete and total perspective, I think we're going to – I don't want to use the word please because when you look at the backup big man for Bam across the last three or four years, you know, I've been fighting for my life. You know what I'm saying? So, like, to make a case, like, what we got. But at the same yeah. time, I, I almost dare to say, well, I think we're going to be pleased with how this big man rotation look after Bam. Um. 
a couple of questions, man, before I get to some real good stuff. RJ Hampton. How you feel about RJ Hampton? Anything? Any? Does he move you? I mean, how, how are we feeling about RJ Hampton? Any any opinions on that? Low risk, high reward. I mean, you you take him through training camp, see if he's good enough to make the roster. And, I mean, I could see RJ playing a role in the rotation just because Spo has turned Gabe Vincent and Max Struess into whales that people are getting all upset that we lost him and thinking we're going to fall off. I mean, he was a first-round pick three years ago. Yeah. Just give Spo a crack at him. If if Spo can't get anything out of him, then I don't think he can. Absolutely. I think he still got a little bit of that. Um, well, I ain't gonna say a little bit. I think he still got a whole lot of that athleticism in him too. Yeah, so um that should definitely be he's something. Still, I think he's still like twenty two years old. Like he ain't fat. He's young. Oh no, he's he's young as a mug. He was born in um two thousand and one, according to this. Um it also how you feel about um how you feel about uh RJ Hampton, Joe? I'm going to say this uh, kind of like you, um, Nick. I, I'm not going to run, run into this with much expectations because, like I mentioned before, like I don't want to hype up any of the young guys on this team like a KZ Akpala where like, we say they're going to be this and that, and then boom, it's not really much to it. So it's cool that the Heat are taking a flyer on him. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if Spoke can get anything out him. This is a guy who was a former first-round pick. And, you know, Spo has had um, good success with certain guys that's joined this team in the past. You know, you know, I mean, I'm not saying he's like a Dion Waiters, but, you know, we thought that man was the lost cause. And before you know it, you know, we saw this man, you know, have some good years with us before everything went downhill with him. <laughs> so, those type of reasons. So with that being said, if Spo can come in and work his magic on another first round pick that at first looked like a lost cause, but now you know, was finally able to reach that potential that we spoke was able to find, then by all means, like, let's see what we can do and let's kind of go from there with it. So, work your magic, Spo. leave the magic gummies at the crib. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> listen, when you think about what a guy like RJ Hampton, you know, might add to this Miami Heat team, as you guys mentioned, he was a first-round pick of somebody else a couple of years ago, but you look at the Miami Heat um, and their first-round pick from this past season. Um, I know we talked about Nikola Jovic, the first-round pick last year. But Hami Hakez, um, you brought him up, Nick. Um, what do you expect from Hami not only – and he's working at the two, of course, being a primarily a forward, actually operating – if you look at him at UCLA, you could almost at times um, say – he was playing like a power forward. Am I tripping? No, I don't think you are. All right. So yeah, like he he he's a he's a smaller guard that plays big like Jimmy, right, plays big like exactly. DeMar DeRozan. And that's exactly. who he's that's who he said he's modeled his game after. And he has the skill set. Don't get me wrong, he has the skills, but he also has, like I said, the the strength, the the want to play big, to bruise, um, the power game, and he's a sneaky athlete, but they have him working out at the two. According to reports, they they want to get him, you know, in there as a two guard and get him some minutes there. I guess taking it back to the Jimmy comparisons that we've been talking about, you know, for the first couple of uh, for the first couple of times he's been brought up here. But also, um, how are you feeling about his role with the team? What do you think they're going to try to get out of him this year? And just how do you see how do you see that progressing as the season unfolds? I think I honestly think they'll use Jaime the same way. They used Caleb Martin before the second half of last season where he came in, played spot minutes, but the days where Jimmy did not play, they said, hey, you're going to act like Jimmy today. Because if you look back, expect like the Bucks, whenever we had the black mashup jerseys where Caleb had like 30 points and cooked the Bucks, it was Jimmy's not playing. Caleb, you're taking Jimmy's minutes and we're going to run – the offense like you are Jimmy, like just a little mini Jimmy. So I think I think Jaime will probably have some great games, some underwhelming games. I'm sure it'll be up and down like any late first-round pick is. But I think those those random Wednesday night games when you're playing the Magic and Jimmy's not playing in the regular season, you'll see Jaime come in and have like a big role. And then they'll just use him the same way they use Caleb early in his career with us. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's like I'm personally I personally view it the same. Like Nick, what you mentioned, like was spot on because 
you know, I, I've been a little skeptical with it because it's like in the past, it seems like Miami doesn't always put their um, draft picks out there like that because, you know, there was the frustrations with um, Jovic last year and him getting minutes. So it's like, could we see um, Jaime go out there and get some minutes here and there? And I think he will, you know, like you said, um, Nick, like for him to go in there and, you know, be that type of player that can come in, you know, every now and then and, you know, get some minutes and show what he's capable of doing. I think that's going to be good for us. And then also, you know, the fact that I like is the fact that, you know, we mentioned this earlier. He has his game modeled after Jimmy. So I kind of want to see him go out there and just see what he's capable of doing because he looks like an NBA-ready type player. That's the vibe I get from him, especially yeah. the fact that he's been in um, college for the whole four years. You know, the yeah. dude is 22 years old. Like, I think he's going to have the experience that's needed to go in there and kind of do his thing, which is the difference between a guy like Ayovich because, I mean, I'm, I mean, Jovic was like what? So raw. Yeah, just... like, yeah, skinny, the skinny 18, 19-year-old kid didn't even graduate out of high school yet. So, you know, yeah. obviously there's just a much different situation between Ayovich and uh, yeah. like a Jaime. So I, I think it's me completely different than the way they handled Jovic where, I mean, we when was the first time we saw him in the regular season for more than 10 minutes? Probably never. Yeah. I, think, I think game one against the Pistons, you'll see Jaime play 15 to 20 minutes first game. I think you'll get the same treatment kind of that like Kendrick got when he, he was a, he was a rookie, but he was ready. And then, I mean, I mean, Kendrick came in and obviously had a magical rookie year. So I think it'll be a lot different than Jaime. I mean, than Jokic, jo- Jovic, my gosh, stumbling over the words. I think it'll be a lot That's different. Than- no, don't you say that for me around here. <laughs> and listen, all I gotta say is my brother. I, I've seen this nickname on Twitter. They calling him Juan Wick. So all I gotta say is like Juan Wick. <laughs> listen, man, Juan Wick for um, what's it called, Rookie of the Year? Let's make it happen. All right, because you mentioned hey, Kevin that's Queso Martin, the third twin. So I guess that makes him a triplet. <laughs> but um, also, man, you, I think you hit on it, Joe. Um, I think y'all both really summed it up beautifully, man. Um, with the comparisons to Jimmy Butler, um, the fact that he's NBA ready, um, I think his two-wayedness is really going to surprise a lot of people early on. Um, because even though as a rookie he's going to get cooked, I think he wants to work. Um, and one and defense is all about effort, work, and want to. So if you want to put that effort in, you can be a really good defender. Um, I think that's going to surprise people. And I think again, as you specifically said, Joel. He's ready to play because not only looking at a guy like Jovic, if you look at most of the draft picks, especially the early round draft picks, everybody's drafting for potential, trying to draft the next guy stupid early so he can be in your organization longer, whatever, whatever, so you can get him in a pro system and absolutely get the most out of him earlier, um, begin that process earlier. Anyway, he came out of college after, you know, four years, and he's played enough ball where he's ready to come in and make an impact now against other guys who are his same age or younger when they're getting their opportunities in the league anyway. Um, I mean, I absolutely think he'll come in and and have a pretty sizable role um, But this Miami Heat team off the bench this year. Um, and I think what you said, Nick, really, really highlighted something I hadn't thought about before was deploying him in that same role that you deployed Caleb Martin in early. Um, where you saw him come in and fill in for Jimmy Butler, like he did in the Milwaukee game, that infamous Milwaukee game, um, where he just went stupid. Um, I mean, I, I really like that for Jaime, and I can see that kind of role for him. I, I really like that. Um, any more thoughts on Jaime before we move on here? Like I said, one week for rookie of the year. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Push All that. Agenda. All that. Um, so listen, man. Uh, we got, you know, one more topic here that I wanted to touch on before we close out the show. Um, we just wanted to get something on the board, short and sweet. Um, got my two homies with me, Joel and Nick. We doing the thing. I really like what they brought to the table today. I might actually have to ask them back or something like that. <laughs> but, um, well, I guess I don't have to ask Joel back. He can just turn the lights off if he wants to. <laughs> but there's neither here nor there. Um, listen, we talked about Kyle Laurie not being with the Miami Heat for the entirety of the season. We talked about his role as a starter. 
And we talked about one of the reasons for that potentially being Sam moved in a deal. Now, this is not so much related to Cal Laurie as much as it is a deal, um, which will probably see Cal Laurie go in it. Dream deals, but realistic dream deals. Um, okay, we're gonna get there, Nick. Actually, you can close your computer and just you can close your computer and dismiss yourself for an entire program. Nah, okay, so we know where oh, Nick is going. It. We cook it, um, we know where Nick is going. Um, realistic dream deals and tell me, you know, how it happens, tell me why you want it to happen. Um, and since I can already see it's gonna be some bulls, <laughs> this is how we'll close the show. Um, Nick, get it started. Uh, I mean, I think if you can get him for the price of Lowry in a first, you do it. I mean, you get James Harden for – and I I hate him. I hate him. I hate watching him play. But, I mean, this offense is – like, especially for long stretches in the regular season, is probably going to struggle. I mean, they struggled last year. You lose Gabe, Vincent, and Max, who were a lot of offense. So, if the younger guys don't step up, I mean, if you can get – if you can get James Harden for cheap. Yeah, and I'm just – just to, like, chime in real quick. Yeah. All, all I just say is, like, just don't let him do his thing, you know, in the um, playoffs. You know, like, if, we, if we're down, like, three games to two in a series, just tell – just have Spo tell Jimmy, you know, you can just hop in and do your thing, and um, Harden will just be the facilitator or whatever, you know, just so we don't have another 5 of 27 shooting night and get eliminated. So, as long as he gets that, you know, he – He's good with me, so. Hey, he'd help us win regular season games and, be, you know, be happy. Yeah. And then the playoffs come, and if he sucks, then you just – he's – I don't know. I feel like this would be the first time he would ever be in a situation where he didn't have control over the coaches and where – you put him here, I mean, Eric, Eric will control that man. I mean, and maybe, you know, if he's in Miami all year long, he's clubbing will get out by the playoffs. Yeah, and like one thing, I just want to mention one quick thing to throw in there. All I got to say is that Harden is smart, and he knows that right now he's in a bad situation. He wanted a massive bag this offseason, and Philly said, F you, you're not getting that because you stunk the bet up, you know, during that on series against Bob. Delmore is a liar. Delmore is a liar. Delmore is a liar. Delmore. Yeah. I'm joking. Go ahead, Joe. So, like, all I got to say is if you're trying to prove a point and show that you're still worthy of the money, like, right here, right now, then first of all, you can't deal with the drama. You can't come into this thing with the heat and be like, oh, you know, I can't handle the heat culture. Oh, Pat Riley is Couldn't potentially come into this thing with the heat, Joe. You, you're speaking into I mean, existence yeah, I'm, now. Like, I'm, just looking at the, I'm just, like, looking at it like if it was, like, already happened. Like, you know, like, you look at that, and then all I got to say is you got to come in do your thing. You know, you got to have that chip on your shoulder and show, like, if you want that money, you got to show people that, the Harden that we, I mean, listen, James Harden that we saw in Houston, that's just no longer there. That's just a part of father time doing his thing. But, you know, one thing is, is that if you want to show that you're still worthy of like a legit max, you know, you can't do with the drama and you still got to show people that you're capable of being that guy, you know, even at this age. So if he can go out there and prove that, I mean, this is the team that loves to prove people wrong, you know, that likes to flip the narratives around, you know. Whenever people feel like the media is saying the wrong things about them, they go out there and show, like, nah, what y'all is saying is cap. We are this thing. We are that thing. So, James, like, if you really want to, you know, show that you're about that and that you're ready to show that you're still worthy of that money that you feel like you should be getting, then come to Miami and just completely change that script, change the standard, and show what you're capable of doing. You know, like we've seen it, but the issue is, is that there's been the drama, and you choke terribly in the playoffs. So we just need you to come in and help my brother Jimmy get a ring. There's That's always it. that last part, huh? Yeah. And he chokes terribly in the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, this is the way you threw that in. You slid that one right on in there, Joe. Um, two things, man. Kendrick Perkins said something the other day about Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. He was like, and I got this quote from some, I, I can't remember who I got it from. It might've been Shannon Sharp, but he said, Kendrick Perkins said his leverage is he don't care. Like he don't care what happened. Send him to the crib. 
He want to go home. He don't want to play there no way. So yeah. that's a dangerous situation to have around your team, which takes me to this point. What you say the price would might? What you think of the price might be again, Nick? I, a first in Cal Lowry? I wouldn't go over a first in Lowry. I mean, at a first. Yeah, and at some a, people are trying to throw Caleb in the deal because, like, here's the thing. So I thought it was crazy, but some people are like, well, you know what? Caleb, if he goes off this year, you're looking at potentially paying him more than you know, you probably want to. And because of that, you don't want to go in a situation where you lose him for nothing. So some people are trying to suggest you could throw a Caleb in the deal. I've been a little fickle with that, but, you know, some people have suggested it here and there. I think we, we should the, – the good thing is we still have Caleb contracted through this season and the next. So, I mean, even if he goes off and we don't want to have to pay him in 25, we could trade him because we, we got we, – we signed into that – that three-year deal for whatever we got, like $20 million, whatever highway robbery we got Caleb Martin for. So wait, is it a player? Oh, yeah, best deal, best deal in the league. It might be a player option. I'll let, you know, let me research. You guys keep talking. Yeah, because it might be a player option. So, yeah, um, Caleb is 27 at this point, right? Yeah. So I'm going to this full track. I'm not trying to step on your toes, Nick. I'm just trying no. to pull it up for no. conversations purposes. Um. If you look at his deal, oh, it is he, a player. It is a player a, option. Yeah. It's a player option. Okay, so he's gonna opt. Oh yeah, when He'll he's turning twenty nine, he's gonna opt out of his deal. Um, there's a fifteen percent trade kicker. Um, I don't know. Yeah, because people were suggesting, and I'm like, you know what? If he is, if there's a chance that he could leave the door as a free agent this upcoming off season, like it makes you think, you know, like yeah, honestly. But hmm. I still don't know if I would want to put him in for Harden. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would want to do that because yeah. I mean, I think Caleb you know, will play a crucial part in any championship aspirations you have, especially with what he showed. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, he's still a good athlete. He's still a plus defender, and his offense is growing day by day. Um, and now and we, we got it, but I don't. Go think, ahead. I don't think the Heat would do it. I don't think they would include. Um, no, I no. don't think they would either. I think I think they would Lowry in the first. I think is the knowing how stingy and, we are. Yeah, and let me say this: at Lowry in the first, I you do the deal. Yeah, I, that's that's the only. That's the only. Like you I remember, do, I feel you like do the deal. Someone put in our group chat today a Bleacher Report made article. So, I mean, already off the back, you know, it's just someone on crack. Uh, it's Bleacher yeah. Report. Um, but it right. was some crazy three-team deal that got us hardened, but then we lost Hero and Nicola. And I'm like, whoa. I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, we, 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 we wouldn't trade Tyler for Harden two years ago when all the trade rumors started now. What makes anyone think that they're going to trade Tyler for Harden now. Yeah, like, mind you, like, we were still looking at that Harden. Like, that was the Houston MVP Harden. And, like, we still wouldn't do it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I, like... I don't I don't think there's a, there's not a market for James. I mean, he's been trying to push his way to the Clippers for the, the whole summer now, and that hasn't happened because the Clippers, I don't think, want him. I think they – we have Russ, we have Paul George, and we have Kawhi. Yeah. Um, they don't see a reason for Harden unless they can probably get him for some similar Bradley Beal like deal where you just give up a bunch of second round picks because the Clippers don't have picks. They spent it all on Paul George. And another proposed trade I want to put out because we did mention Caleb. Would y'all do? Um, well, this it? is we'll see. This is your term to do that because this is your dream deal. Give it to us, Joe. All right. So I saw this on Twitter and it's basically the trade that I threw out before with Caleb being involved. But instead of just Harden, you get yeah. back PJ Tucker. Yeah, they're right. That right there, PJ Tucker as well. Would y'all do that, PJ and Harden for Lowry, um, the first round pick and Caleb? Um, I love PJ. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love him. <laughs> the only I, thing is, it's like what two years replaced. Since we first had him, so it's like the dude is already at a certain age. Which... He could he could get me zero points a game. I love him so much. <laughs> it's tough, man. It's tough. It's so tough. I mean, I don't know, man. I miss my I little know. peanut. <laughs> I was I don't know why. 
I always call him a little peanut. He just he was just always so short and stubby like a peanut. Yo, I missed I missed him. Hey yo. <laughs> but no, nah, um, anyway, so listen, my dream deal would obviously be with the Bulls. Um, if we could find a way to pry Levine or DeRozan away from them, um, Kyle Laurie, a couple first round picks, make the money work. Um, of course, you might have to do some backloading with a guy or two to spice it up. If it's Levine, I would give him Caleb. If it's Levine, if that's what it took. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would give him Caleb or DeRozan. Um, I probably wouldn't actually. I wouldn't give him Caleb for DeRozan. I would give him Caleb for Le- I would give him Caleb for Levine though. Um, and I don't want to lose Caleb Martin. That's the thing. But yeah. Levine could add such a, you know, dynamic factor to this Miami Heat team that at that point it's worth it. Is um, he clutch or not? Because that might. Because you know how our organization. Right. I don't think so, but I could double check that. I mean, because remember that he did have the whole thing with Demar. He's okay. He's okay. I think they tried to offer him the mid-level exception the year that we got on Kyle as well. So I do see something there, perhaps. And I don't know. I do Loki would want Alex Caruso too. I oh, think the dude is a dog. Fun. That's a that's a sentiment that I've heard quite a you know quite a bit. If 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 we were to make a deal with the Bulls, pl- could it please include Caruso? Yeah, Levine is with Clutch. Okay. I, um, when is that? Where, where did you have that at? Because if you look on Spotrack, it doesn't have anybody listed as agents. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just uh, I looked up Zach Levine is. agency, and it was the first thing that came up on Google. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 From June 23rd, 2023. Okay. Clutch right, well, confirms Zach Levine not interested in getting traded to the New York Knicks. Get right, Knicks. Okay. Well, that well there that <laughs> is then. Um, there that is. Screw the Knicks and Josh Hart. Yeah, I'll see you in the parking oh. lot somewhere, mm. wherever you want to meet me at, brother. <laughs> anyway, um, listen, man, I really don't have anything else. I think we pretty much covered a you know a wide array of topics. Um, we just getting this thing started. Like I said, the season really just getting ready to get tipped off. Um, we haven't really gotten into anything yet. We just wanted to kind of give you guys something. Um, you know what I mean to chomp on. Um, also just to kind of see. If, if, if we could kind of get the juices flowing with this thing to be as good as we possibly can when it really tips off. Um, do you guys have any final thoughts? Anything you want to say as we wrap it up, Nick? No, I'm all right. All right, good deal. Anything you wanted to say, Joe, before we wrap it up? Make sure y'all check out our projects. Um, this came breakdown, Heat versus the World, everything. Y'all can check it out the YouTube channel, our website, hvtwpodcast.wordpress.com. A lot of good stuff heading our way, and make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and let's keep this thing going. Absolutely. Um, I'm assuming that's your uh, Twitter handle right there, Nick, right? Yep. Go follow Nick. Uh, go follow Joe. Of course, you can see mine's under there at, uh, at K said K. I got to read my own. Yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> listen, man, for real, for real, for real, for real. We appreciate y'all. Um, y'all know how we get down. We thank you for lending your ear to this sound. And this has been the Biscayne Breakdown. And we out.